Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name, and as always, joining me is Frank Madden. And today we are brought to you by Mac Weldon. Our good friends over at Mac Weldon have a great deal for you. You can use our promo code of L-O-B-U-C-K-S, that's L-O-Bucks, at MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your purchase. Um, and Mac Weldon, I'm, I don't know, honestly, Frank, this is not planned and I don't know how it happens, but anytime we do a Mac Weldon read, I'm, I happen to be wearing my Mac Weldon sweatshirt. Like I have it on right now. And I didn't even think about it until we started to record. It's crazy comfortable. I'm super happy. And I've been wearing it all the time in the winter, which probably explains why I'm wearing it every time we happen to record. Yeah. I'm, uh, I was going to say we were both wearing ours. I think the last time we saw each other in December. So, um, <laughs> if, uh, if it sounds like we're, uh, we're, we're brand enthusiasts, it's because we are, and we, we do live the Mac Weldon lifestyle, I guess you could say. At this point. So, uh, so that, which is good, right? We, yeah. we can do ads for, for products that we think are great. And, um, you know, I think, uh, by now everybody has heard us talk about, um, it's not just the hooded sweatshirts, which are amazing, but, um, you know, sweatpants, underwear, socks, um, you know, t-shirts, v-necks, whatever you need, basically they've got super comfortable stuff. So, um, shout out to Mac Weldon. Great to have them back as a sponsor here in 2017. All right, Frank, um, the Bucks won the other night, uh, over the Houston Rockets and that was very exciting. 127, 114. And we were talking about all the different things that happened in that game, and we were talking about um, what we had talked about over the weekend while we were recording, before we were recording, after we were recording. And I realized that we kind of need to hit the rewind button and go backwards a little bit before we can go forwards. And Miami, Thonmaker gets his first career NBA start. Which is, which is exciting, an accomplishment, all of those things, as is. But then he was, I would say, actively not terrible in that game, and <laughs> that, I mean, that to me, that alone is an accomplishment. So, what did you think of Thon and what he was able to do in Miami in his first career start? I think the bar for Thon is if he can play minutes in, you know real minutes not just garbage time that and and in the process you know not hurt you on the court and you know show some flashes of being able to do some things on both ends and i think that that's kind of a win at this point um and you know the fact that he has been able to come in and we saw it in san antonio we saw it in miami um in real game action you know run a pick and roll uh pop out to to the three-point line and hit a three-pointer um i think that is pretty awesome um because you know again he you know 
a big part of his value in the NBA in the future. I think he's going to be as that stretch big and and obviously. You know, we've seen a lot of the the kind of great young big men who who are certainly further along than Thon is, like Carl Towns and Chris Porzingis uh, and Joel Embiid. The fact that they have that ability to step out, I mean, it really does add another dimension to to their game, and um, you know, it allows you to do things that you might not otherwise do with lineups as well, because you can you know maybe get away with playing a guy who's not as good of a shooter um, next to that type of player, because you just don't have that many big guys who can shoot and and obviously if you can play him at the five um that's valuable and i thought it was interesting that you know he was out there uh battling with hassan whiteside of all people who is you know on the very big side of nba centers um so certainly not you know you're, you're kind of being thrown in at the deep end in the fourth quarter if you're thon maker having to defend hassan whiteside on a bunch of um occasions so um you know i think it was a good learning experience i thought it was encouraging that he you know didn't look out of place. Um, I really hoped when in the first half when he put the ball on the floor and drove to the hoop, it looked like he should have kind of gone up for like a lefty layup. He kind of beat beat his man, um, and he kind of came back and tried to shoot it righty um, off the glass, kind of going to his left um, and missed. But, um, you know, overall, I thought he was totally fine, and, you know, I feel like totally fine is, is kind of a win at this stage. And, you know, we'll see. Hopefully it's something he can build on. And, you know, halfway into his rookie year, we obviously haven't seen much time from him on the court. But hopefully, um, you know, he, he can earn some some more playing time moving forward. And uh, I don't know. It's just interesting with him that I don't I don't even think I don't think it's a, like offensive. I don't think it's rude of us to say that him not being terrible is a good thing. Like to me, that's that's somewhat surprising that someone who as we talked about during the draft process i always when people told me how good he was or how bad he was or tried to give me an honest appraisal of his skills i would ask what game did you watch and and the the question that that question was always always answered with well i watched one of the 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 mixtapes that he had or I watched, uh, there were, there's a video on YouTube, it's like five minutes long, and it would be like, well, that's what I'm saying. You haven't seen him play a game. And and that was one thing that, I mean, as a Bucks fan, had to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. I, I know for me, that was the one thing that I was always so concerned about was, I've never seen this kid actually play a game. And, I, I mean, you can look good in, in highlights that are spliced together from all these different things. And, uh, I, I mean, there, were, there weren't even box scores for some of the games he played. So it, it was just tough to really know what you were getting. So for him to to come from not I – mean, I mean, he certainly played games. But for me not seeing him in a game, to me seeing him play – 18 minutes in an NBA game and seemed to not actively hurt his team. That's a huge gap. Like we're talking about a guy that didn't play college ball. We're talking about a a young guy that just hopped straight from me not being able to see any of his game action to an NBA game and not actively hurt his team. And I think that's been the most encouraging thing to me uh, about Thon. And I think that certainly makes me a little bit more comfortable with him going forward. Um, and, and I guess one thing with him too is I think we're seeing that right now he currently has one skill and that skill is his three point shot. And, and I will, I, at this point, I will vouch for it and say that that is a skill. He's got a high release. He's got a relatively quick release. And he hits it at a staggering uh, 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 
a staggering rate at this point. I mean, to see him shoot the ball as well as he has thus far this season has, has certainly been a surprise. And then I think he has some other tools. That he, like right now, I, w- I wouldn't call his defense as a whole a, a skill. His shot blocking, his his lateral movement, I wouldn't call those skills yet. I would probably call those tools. Like you, you see glimpses there. You see, okay, he can come from the backside and block a shot. So maybe one day he'll he'll be a, a have a skill as a shot blocker, and you'll see him sometimes switch on to a guard and kind of hold his own for a little bit and stay with a guy and be able to handle a quicker perimeter player. And that may one day be a skill, and that may one day be his most impressive skill defensively if he can actively stay with guards and move his feet and do those things. And and you see all those other things, but uh, right now I feel comfortable saying Thon has one skill, which is three-point shooting, and he has a bunch of skills a bunch of tools that could one day become skills. Yeah, I think you can you can kind of he's still at the point where you can kind of read into him whatever you want. Yeah. Um you know, in terms of when you think about the the stuff kind of pre-draft to a large extent, um you know, I <laughs> I had to laugh when uh I forget which game it was. Um was it was it in the Philly game or there's no, maybe not the Philly game, but it was some game where the Bucks were losing and he had a three-point play out of the post. Um, and, uh, that was kind of the first time we really saw very little of him looking comfortable in the post, even in Vegas. Um, so, you know, for now we, we're kind of seeing enough flashes of him kind of doing different things, um, that, you know, you can kind of, again, read into it what you want. Um, you know, he had that spectacular closeout block, um, in a game, uh, not that long ago. Um, and, you know, we've seen him now multiple times play, real minutes and in, in meaningful games, you know, when he, when he did that against the Raptors, that was like a, you know, record scratch moment when Jason Kidd put in <laughs> bond maker in Toronto. Um, and I don't think it provided any real value. Um, but we've seen him since then, you know, show up in a Spurs game in San Antonio that they won. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, you know, hit a three, get out for a, for a dunk. Um, we saw him start, uh, in Miami and obviously, um, you know, especially in that first half looked, Totally fine. Didn't didn't hurt the Bucks at all by being out there. So, um, so I, I think you know it, it is nice to sort of see, especially those stretch abilities um, starting to translate. I think the big concern for me is that you know defensively, um, he's obviously lacking in strength, and that is going to be a process in terms of getting him to the point where you know you, you can feel comfortable putting him out against hopefully one day centers. Um, and that's, I think the big question for me, right? If, if I was comfortable that, that he was going to be, you know, let's say an above average center defensively. Um, I think him becoming above average defender as a power forward is not a stretch at all. I would kind of be disappointed if he wasn't that. Um, but to be that at the center position, you know, regularly playing major minutes at center, that is, I think a, a longer, you know, kind of a bigger ask just based on, um, his lack of strength right now. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, I think it's a work in progress, but obviously at, at, uh, you know, g- given his relative lack of experience, I was about to say at his age, but I don't even want to like go, go there. <laughs> um, but given his lack of experience and, and, you know, I think still the immaturity of, of his body in terms of strength, um, you know, you have to be pretty happy that, that he's been able to kind of find his way in. And, um, obviously, you know, you don't hear anything but good things in terms of his work ethic and, um, and all those things. So, uh, you know, again, we'll see. Um, the center position is a very crowded one for the Milwaukee Bucks, so probably not a lot of time necessarily there. 
Um, although, you know, to be honest, I mean, when you think about quote unquote small lineups or, or thin lineups, let's say, um, you know, I think the fun now weaseling his way into some of these lineups. Um, it is kind of interesting to think, you know, could you see some, some more lineups with Thon, um, as, as the tallest player and, and not on the court with, with the true center. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it was interesting the other night before, uh, before this last game against the Rockets, I asked kid about playing Giannis at center and he said, Oh yeah, we could do some, some small lineups. Um, but he's like, I don't want to really call them small, maybe just, uh, maybe thinner lineups, younger lineups. And he's like, and, so again, maybe you could see Thon at the four or five as well. And again, my question was about Giannis at the five. So to hear to hear Thon thrown in there, it kind of took me aback. I was just like, oh, okay. Like that was, I, I mean, we didn't end up seeing him against the Rockets, but the fact that he he wanted to mention that maybe we could see Thon makes me wonder, is, is Kate a little bit more comfortable with playing Thon some spot minutes where, Maybe things don't go right at the at the four or five spot, and you want to get Thon in there for a little bit at I don't know the end of the third quarter, um, and maybe you can throw him in there for a few minutes. So it, it was just interesting to me to to hear that maybe he trusts him a little bit more than I maybe than certainly I would have thought. Um, so so that was interesting, but yeah, like you said, it, he's. He's got to grow into his body a little bit. He's got to get stronger. Um, and I don't, I mean, I would. I shouldn't say you know that's going to happen because some guys just can't put on weight and just can't make their body stronger, and that just doesn't end up working out. But like you said, the work ethic, there's, there's no concerns there. Um, and it seems like he's going to work hard and do everything that he can to, to do what the Bucks need. So um, it, it should be interesting to kind of see him grow and and get better and uh get more comfortable and speaking of getting comfortable that's exactly what you do when you get mac weldon because it's better than whatever you're wearing right now and mac weldon stuff is the best like frank said you're, you're looking at underwear socks shirts undershirts hoodies uh sweatpants that i mean literally whatever you may want to wear it's going to be the most comfortable thing you've probably ever worn before and the the nice thing is that even if you get a pair of anything from mac weldon you don't feel comfortable and they're gonna let you keep it and they'll still refund you no questions asked so um there's there's really no no way to lose if you try out mac weldon and and like i said before if you go to MacWeldon.com, you get 20 percent off using our promo code that's l-o-b-u-c-k-s again that's L-O Bucks for Lockdown Bucks, and that'll get you 20% off at Mac Weldon. Um, so go out and try that today. And 20% off might be a good way to describe Malcolm Brogdon's play as of late, Frank. Because um, it's not it's not quite right. It's not quite right, I will say that. Or I, I shouldn't say that's not quite right. Um, it's It's not quite in line with what we've seen from Malcolm Brogdon as of late against Miami, uh, just four points and two assists uh, in 30 minutes, uh, one of 10 from the field, zero of two from the three point line. Um, and then again on Monday, uh, I'd say a little bit more comfortable. There was uh, the fourth quarter. He looked pretty good and he's pretty comfortable in some stretches there, um, but still ends up with uh, six points on two of eight shooting uh, nine assists. Uh, the four steals, like I said, he, he really helped out there, but, 
four turnovers for Brogdon as well on Monday. And I, I guess is there some sort of balance the Bucks can strike here, Frank, where the Bucks are again getting – I mean, they they really haven't seen Goodell Vadova yet. Is there is there some sort of balance they can strike where they're getting both Goodell Vadova and Good Brogdon? I certainly hope so. I mean, we we feel like we were, we were, had to wait a long before we saw Goodell the um, the last couple games after you know having some some good performance early in the season maybe, and then really having a long drought um, and and having the injury, and then having a slow return from the injury. Um, and of course, uh, ironically, Delavadova playing well the last couple games has coincided with, as you as you noted, um, Malcolm not playing well, and and that's been in a return to the bench. So um, I, I will say I, I am an I am an optimist uh, that that they can both play well at the same time. Uh, and certainly Brogdon, you know, coming off the bench, we've seen him perform well there previously. Um, but you know, he's also a rookie, and you know, again, we're now at that point of the season where you know rookies have now played probably about as many games uh, in the NBA as they've ever played in a season in college. So I think it's fair to kind of wonder, you know, is, is the, the wall. rookie wall, Ooh, yeah. you know, could, could that be kind of an issue? And uh, again, I mean, he's obviously an older player. Um, so we'll see, you know, he's, I think mentally you obviously don't worry about him um, having the maturity to, to cope with a, a long NBA season. Um, but you never know. And I mean, look, the again, um, as much as everybody's excited about, you know, the fact that he's exceeded expectations and, um, you know, in a very weak rookie class, he's been a bright spot. Uh, you know, on the flip side, he's a second round pick, you know, uh, there's, there's no reason to think that he's just, you know, better and better and better and be, you know, this tremendous player by the end of his rookie year. Um, a lot of times guys kind of top out, um, kind of early in their rookie season and then they got to kind of go back to work over summer and then they come back and, you know, hopefully are better the following year. So, um, so we'll kind of see. And, you know, I think there's some interesting stats with him. You know, I mean, uh, everybody obviously knows he's shooting tremendously well from three point range at 42%. Um, what I haven't heard many people note is that, you know, you look at basketball reference, um, by, by distance and the shot zones, he's shooting basically half of his three point percentage on long twos. So he's at, you know, I think last I checked was 21.4% on long twos, which is, horrendously awful and just horrifying Um, and so you know you kind of look at that number and you look at the fact that he's shooting a tremendous amount from three Um, you know part of it might be because he's shooting a lot more off the dribble on on long twos versus on threes Um, and I think somebody sent me some effective field goal percentage numbers like you know he's I think it was like 40 percent effective field goal percentage off the dribble and you know, 67% or something crazy like that on mm-hmm. spot up. So he's, he's been dramatically better on, on spot ups versus off the dribble. So, you know, presumably he's not spotting up for 18 footers as much as he's, you know, having to kind of force up some shots off the dribble on those. So, uh, but still, um, it, we'll see kind of if he can sustain that three point percentage or if that comes back down to earth a fair bit. I, I mean, if he stayed above 40%, I would be just absolutely thrilled. Um, but, um, but I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch. And, um, you know, I'm not as worried about the off the bench thing. I mean, we've seen him play well off the bench and, and obviously, um, you hope that he can kind of recapture some of the, the good mojo that he's had with Greg Monroe, uh, that we saw for much of the season. And, you know, it was one of the reasons you obviously thought that that it might make sense to keep bringing him off the bench and and keep starting Delvadova. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see, um, if they can 
captured that that I don't know what you want to call it that chemistry whatever they had um it really was uh, while it was happening as I said I mean every game it felt like there was at least one backdoor finish one give and go one moment where where those two showed off that that chemistry that they had and that understanding of the game that they've had and we haven't seen it in the last couple games so uh you do hope that that comes back and um i know when when we had that conversation uh we we talked about the reasons why maybe you you want to keep him off the bench and i i ended up tweeting about it but i never actually ended up talking with about it on on the pod was the the rookie wall is scary man uh, the rookie, I think, I'm not going to say it's undefeated. It's not as undefeated as time, but it's damn close. Um, it's just such a huge, it's just a huge jump up in the minutes that you play, the stress you put on your body, the travel that you have. Like, like everything gets turned up to such a degree in your rookie season from college that even if he is a little bit older, man, it. To think that you're going to try to play him still, I don't, I don't even know. It, I think it was, what, 31, 32 minutes in the in the month of January per game? 31.4 in 12 games in January. Um, so you've been kind of ratcheting him up from the start of the season. 17 minutes per game in October, 21 minutes per game in November, 25 minutes in December, 31 minutes in January. And, yeah, it, it's, it's scary to think that, maybe all of a sudden you see his legs fall off on him a little bit where the, those legs just don't have as much energy. And it's especially concerning, like you said, where you look at the long two percentage where he's shooting off the dribble a, a lot more and he's, you do have to use your legs a little bit more. He's shooting a, a, a low percentage from there already. And you do have to wonder if that three point percentage is sustainable. And again, this is obviously a, a very Bucks fans view that of course uh, everything's going to go wrong and nothing could go right. He, he very well could just end up playing through it. And uh, if you look at his body, he's, uh, he's got a, a, a large body for a guard. He's, he's very strong and uh, he may end up just playing through it, but yeah, it's certainly a concern. And um, I, I guess it, the, the thing that worries me is that I think a lot at the start of this season, there was kind of the idea that with Delhi in whatever he was doing, teams would play it relatively honest and say, okay, we're going to play our coverages like we normally do. And if it says, if our coverage says we're supposed to force the ball, the point guard's hand, well, let's have him pass it here. And then all of a sudden as the season went on, it was, okay, Delhi, you're going to beat us. That's it. You're beating us. And we kind of saw that happen to Delhi, where all of a sudden everyone was just letting him shoot floaters, and he wasn't finding easy assists to Giannis. He wasn't finding easy assists to other guys. And when Brogdon came in, he was really taking advantage of that. That he was more athletic, he was getting to the rim easier, he was handling those things. And uh, part of me wonders if his legs start to go, and if teams start to game plan for that a little bit more. That hey, we're not going to let Brogdon pass the ball. He's going to have to beat us. Um, I do wonder if he'll struggle with with that same thing as well as teams start to game plan for him and get a little bit more used to his game yeah we'll see i mean it's interesting because i think we were probably slower to get on the brogdon hype train than a lot of people i know a lot of people were super excited about him 
in the summer and in preseason and um you know then the fact that he's he's played obviously far and far and above the expectation for a second round pick um you know i think a lot of people kind of are you know understandably really excited because they were expecting him to be good um but i don't know i mean i you know, again, I, I think he has a chance to be a long-term starter, but more, I, I do see him more as a kind of role-playing starter. I, you know, I, I don't view him as a high-ceiling guy. And again, you know, I, I know we, we have conversations sometimes about why we're, you know, why we weren't higher on the Bucks coming into the season. And it's kind of like, you know, depending on the week, sometimes I feel like more vindicated, like over during that five-game <laughs> yeah. losing streak. I was like, okay, this. <laughs> this feels like more of why we thought they were going to win, you know, 34 games or whatever we we were thinking. Um, and and we'll see. Obviously, you know, you you hope that they're they're back on track and that the team we saw in in November December is more of the team that they are. And and certainly with Brogdon, you know, you hope that this is just a a short blip. But yeah, I mean, we see it frequently with rookies that that they do have, um, you know, some some periods where they just don't play as well. And I think you know, upside for Brogdon is that he's not a guy that obviously is having to carry the team. Um, but on the flip side, you know, when you're playing the point guard position, uh, you know, that's a lot of responsibility, whether you're starting or not, um, and you know, whether you're you're asked to score a bunch or, or not. So, um, you know, again, it's uh, he's getting an education in, in NBA basketball, and um, thankfully, he's a smart guy, hardworking guy, and uh, you know, you hope that that whatever issues he might have had, you know, recently, and um, you know, he kind of the the triple double may have sort of set expectations unnaturally high. Um, <laughs> And especially given he had just moved into the starting lineup a, a game or two earlier. Um, but, you know, look, I think he's he can still contribute a, a lot this season. And obviously moving forward, you, you know, you have to hope that uh, he can continue to improve. And, you know, he, he has a chance to continue to improve, absolutely. Just yeah. the fact that he's an older player um, and it was a second-round pick doesn't mean that, you know, he's he's a low-ceiling player. But, you know... Um, I'm, I'm, let's just say this, I'm not buying, uh, I'm not buying property on, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, all-star Island at this point. So, um, and then that's, that's fine. That's totally yeah. fine. Um, okay. I think that's been enough of, uh, kind of catching stuff up on things that we missed and, uh, let's slip through our grasp in the excitement of a Bucks win last night. They, they broke up a five game losing streak and the second game of that losing streak came against the 76ers on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, that was last Monday. They lose 113-104 and they'll see that team again uh, on Wednesday. And I guess I'm not really sure what to think about the Sixers because before uh, before they beat the Rockets, I think both of you and I assumed, okay, they're going to lose to the Rockets tonight. That'll be six losses in a row. And then all of a sudden when you look at Wednesday, that's a must win. And the Sixers will be coming off a of back-to-back. They won't have Joel Embiid. And you think in your head, okay, Embiidless Sixers, that's... That's a must win, but the Embiidless Sixers went out and beat the Clippers tonight, one twenty-one, one ten, and uh, I mean, I mean, I, the Sixers or the Clippers obviously don't have Chris Paul right now; he's out. Um, but Austin Rivers stepped up, twenty points, three assists, and JJ Redick had twenty-two, and Blake Griffin was back, and there. I mean, there was reasons why the Clippers could have lost, but. Also, they played the Sixers, so you, you think they should have won. So I guess, Frank, the Sixers are still not going to have Embiid. He, he didn't travel with the team. 
Thank so, God. <laughs> Embiidless Sixers on a back-to-back, but they just beat the Clippers. Is this game still a must-win to you? Yeah, so the thing about must-wins is, I mean, the idea of a single game in an 82-game season being a must-win, you know, unless it's the last game of the season and your playoff, you know, chances were right on or something like that. Um I mean, like it's not really a must-win. I always think of this comment. Uh, John Madden was was broadcasting a game, and a team was 0-3, I think it was. And you know, going into the fourth game of the season, somebody on the team said it was a must-win, right? And you know, made it out this life or death thing. And um, you know, he kind of just matter-of-factly shrugged and was just kind of like, "Well, I don't know why you'd call Game Four a must-win because if you lose." you got to go out there and play another 12 games and you know that's 75% of your season like it just seems like a <laughs> weird way to you know approach things um but uh you know and obviously that apl- apl- applies even more so in, in basketball where one game is you know worth very little in in the grand scheme of of the standing so uh, you know it's not a must win in sort of the you know literal sense i mean we probably called last week's game a must win and they lost to the sixers at home and guess what you know the sun rose the next day and uh you know they've won, lost a, a couple more games obviously but um but here we are and and i think we're, we're gonna make it eric um so <laughs> it's not a must win in a literal sense but i mean in terms of fan psyches and um the emotional health of uh of bucks twitter and um bucks internet uh i think it, it is something of a must must win especially with uh, and beat out as as we mentioned. So, but you know, take away nothing from the Sixers, right? I mean, they've been really good of late. It's always funny because you you talk about using must wins in the right situation, and I, I always think, well, it's not a must win until it's literally a must win. Like if you lose this game, you're out of the playoffs, and that's always the way I think of it. Um, but with this Bucks team, it feels like they've just used the must win. All the time. I, Giannis has had a call 10 games this season, must-win games. Uh, and most of the time, it's against Eastern Conference teams that are either in their area or above them. And and when I start to think about it, those are the games you must win, which is, which is part of the reason why I think this five-game losing streak hurt as much as it did, because you see Atlanta in there, you see Philly in there, uh, and then... Orlando, Miami, two crummy Eastern Conference teams that you should you should win against. Um, so I I do almost wonder if some of the must win attitude is more should win. Like these are games we should win, so we must win them. Um, and I think in an Embiidless Sixers team coming off a of back to back is a should win. So if you're going to count a should win as a must win because those are the games you need to get to the playoffs and get to the the spot you want to get to the seed you want, then, yeah, sure. It, it, it can be a must-win. Um, if you lose, well, you're seeing... I, I, think it's more, I, think it, I think it's more I think it's more. like sucks to lose, basically, is really <laughs> what we're getting at, right? Yes, it, it would be... It's, a, it's, it, a, it's a sucks to lose, yes. Um, so we'll start, yeah. we'll start using that phraseology um, instead. So a, a, a sucks to lose. This, is, this would certainly be a sucks to lose. Um, I guess against Philly the first time, Bucks go up 54 to 46 at the half and then uh, lose in the third quarter 35 to 24, lose in the fourth quarter 32 to 26. And, and I guess the thing I'm most happy about is not seeing him beat. <laughs> I like I don't I don't want to make it such a big deal but it is cuz both Parker and 
uh, at Dedekumbo tried to climb Mount Embiid and failed. Like both, and that's that's a rare thing to see that both those guys will try to dunk on someone, and both of them will get rejected in the same game. I I don't know if I've ever seen that, and Embiid got each of them once in that game, and it seemed as the game went on, neither of them were as interested in going into the lane, um, and you could tell that they they kind of understood that Embiid was around and was affecting shots. So um, I think that's going to be huge for the Bucks tomorrow, that both those guys can feel comfortable to attack. And um, especially for Plumlee in his second, uh, what I would assume will be his second start, it, it'll be nice that he doesn't have to go up against Embiid as well. Yeah, and uh, I mean, interesting, we didn't see Nerlens Noel in that last game. Um, tonight, Noel started, played very well, uh, 19 points. Uh, Jaleel Okafor was actually out, and Rashawn Holmes played very well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who we actually see uh, at the center spot. I mean, yeah. presume probably Noel starts, um, and he obviously has um, brings his own capabilities on the defensive end. But um, he's certainly not, um, you know, the kind of just brick shit house that I would describe <laughs> Joel Embiid as. Um, so, uh, so, so we'll see. But obviously, um, you know, Sixers team, even in this kind of very good stretch of of games for them, um, I mean, they've been a very bad offense. <laughs> Even uh, during their their streak of wins, I mean, they've been doing it uh, entirely on defense. They've been one of the worst offensive teams in the league, um, really throughout the season. Even during this this stretch of good play from them, so uh, um, you know, again, I, I think uh, so much of it's going to come down to whether you can score effectively. And uh, and but you know, realistically, with this Bucks team, that's been a lot easier than than defending well, especially of late. And uh, obviously, we saw them give up way too many points to the Sixers team last time out. Um, one positive, the Sixers have turned the ball over a ton. They're last in the league in turnover rate. Uh, and again, that's been consistent throughout the season. So, uh, you know, and part of that's actually Embiid because Embiid's a, a turnover machine. That's the one downside, really, of his game mm-hmm. right now. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully, again, we can see the Bucks turn the other team over a lot. Uh, they did that uh, very well against the, the Rockets. I think they had 17 steals. I think if the Bucks get 17 steals against the Sixers, which isn't unreasonable, uh, well, 17 steals is a ton. That's that's probably <laughs> reasonable. Probably isn't the right word, but uh, but turning them over a lot isn't unreasonable. Um, if they get you know something similar in terms of the number of live ball turnovers, I, I think you know I feel pretty good about the Bucks um, winning winning comfortably. But you know if the Bucks kind of get in some of these bad habits, um, you know don't close out on threes. Uh, don't hit the the defensive boards the way they did uh, against the Rockets, then uh, certainly we've we've seen what can happen, and and it wasn't just Embiid that that did the the Bucks in last time. I mean they they really didn't take advantage of some of the bench lineups that the Sixers had out there either. Yeah, it was just a it was just a, a poor performance last time against the Sixers, um, especially in that second half. So we'll see if the Bucks can do uh, better a second time around and. Uh, like I said, no Embiid makes me very sad because I enjoy watching Joel Embiid play the game of basketball, but as a Bucks fan, you kind of have to hope the Bucks take full advantage of it and take it to the Sixers, uh, and we'll see if they can do that tomorrow. So that is going to be it for today. Unlocked on Bucks. A, a reminder: we are brought to you by Mac Weldon. We love the great folks at Mac Weldon and the wonderful clothes that they uh, that. 
they put you in. It's so comfortable, and there's literally everything. I get compliments on my socks all the time that that I have from Mac Weldon, even though I didn't get the Bucks special edition ones that Frank got. Um, they're not actually Bucks special edition; they're just colored that way. But they do appear to be uh, Bucks colored. So get in on that and go to MacWeldon.com and get twenty percent off your purchase using promo code L O B U C K S. That's locked on bucks or LO bucks and you can get that 20% offer today so thanks for listening we'll talk to you tomorrow for Frank Mann this has been Eric Name and this has been Locked on Bucks it takes a lot to get excited about a bag but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts that's 20% off headlamps 20% off oil filters 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag so tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores while supplies last minimum three items exclusions apply offer ends 10 31 17